Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And I want to start uh, with kind of little thank yous and kind of good news stories. And some of them are throwback actually to uh, yesterday. One in the main, when we came off air yesterday, we were talking about the fact that yesterday was St. Bridget's Day. And we spoke about the St. Bridget's Cross and people were sharing their memories of of growing up and making St. Bridget's Day crosses when they were in school or when they were at home and people leaving out the cloth on the eve of uh, Bridget's Day. And we were explaining the tradition behind that. And then as we came off air, we started getting some calls and emails in from people saying, has anybody spotted all of the little St. Bridget's crosses that are all over Bandon? I was out, one girl dear just said, I was out for a walk uh, downtown this morning and I saw lots of them dotted all over the place. What's that all about? Could you tell me please? Well, lo and behold, we started to investigate to try to find out why were these St. Bridget's Day crosses? It was St. Bridget's Day but who was placing them around the beautiful town of Bandon and it seems it is the Facebook page called This Is Bandon and I read from their Facebook page. Some of you may have noticed Bridget's crosses in various locations around Bandon this morning. The crosses are made with rushes from the banks of the Bandon and it's our way of wishing you a happy St. Bridget's Day the season of new beginnings as we leave behind the dark day of Saurah and move with hope into warmer, brighter days of spring. If you find one in a random location, feel free to take it home. Hang it over your threshold to ward off illness and to protect you against fire and lightning. All the crosses, by the way, they say were totally sanitised before they delivered them from under cover of darkness this morning. That was yesterday morning and they went on to wish everybody a very happy St. Patrick's Day. That's a lovely, kind gesture. So if you found one of those uh, St. Bridget's uh, crosses, no doubt to put a smile on your face and uh, you possibly brought it home uh, with you. Well, with much love from the social media page, this is Abandon. And a gorgeous thank you card and a box of chocolates or a box of biscuits. Gorgeous biscuits arrived into us yesterday here at uh, C103 and they're from the gang in Drumaham, the Drumaham Community Park uh, Committee. And they've asked us to mention and to give a word of praise and thanks to Mary and everybody involved in the Drumaham Community Park uh, Committee. It's the new amenity park has been invaluable during a lockdown. And one of the residents who dropped in the biscuits to us yesterday said it's well lit, it's available to everyone and they're just asking people to please com- comply with COVID regulations. There's a little bird box type of collection box in situ. 
and they're saying any spare euro are uh, welcome because they know every little helps but they say absolutely no pressure at all and the same gang in Drumahan I got a series of texts from the, them yesterday when we started to hear that the Coolmore cakes that we gave away last week that the hampers has started to arrive and one of our winners was a very special lady from Drumahan by the name of Maura Carroll who had been nominated by a host of different people actually very popular lady because of all of the work that she does and she's a real kind of a community woman in uh, Drumahan and we were only too delighted to select her as one of our winners last week and lo and behold Coolmore Cakes kindly delivered their lovely cakes to Maura on a Saturday and Maura being the type of woman that she was what did she do? She shared all of the cakes that were in her hand but there was 12 cakes and she shared them around which was a gorgeous gesture in the midst of the pandemic and the writer and uh, the, the lady who doesn't want her name mentioned who sent in this lovely thank you card to me this morning just wants to say uh, thank you to everybody at Coolmore for such a lovely gesture in the midst of a pandemic so once again congratulations to Maura Carroll who won one of our hampers and glad to know that her hamper arrived safely and then also uh, yesterday we were in on day and we had some angry callers on air fighting it out between themselves about this whole suggestion and story around Micheál Martin or Taoiseach and whether Micheál Martin will travel to Washington on St. Patrick's Day. The tradition that has been there, don't know when that tradition actually started. I must look into that. When did it actually start that the Irish Taoiseach went to the White House to deliver a bowl of shamrock to the President of the United States? But it's seen as a very, from And from an economy point of view, it's seen as a very important date and building the relationships between Ireland and America and keeping those relationships uh, going. And we've often jokingly spoke about how other countries look to us, a little tiny country, with envy that we get access to one of the biggest world leaders every single year on the 17th of March and many other countries would do everything in their power for that kind of access to the President of the US of A and we're there every single year without fail. But of course this is a different year. This is a pandemic. Now Leo Varadkar was the Taoiseach last year and he did go and that was just at the start of lockdown and didn't he make when we got to hear about the first lockdown and the closure of schools that came from Washington. Do you remember Leo Varadkar was already in America when the decision was made that we were going to have to go into our first lockdown. We thought it was going to be our first and only. Little did we know how innocent we were back in March when that first lockdown came. Anyway, there's been talks now that the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, will once again travel to the wa- to Washington to meet with Joe Biden and whether he'll hand over the ball to Shamrock or not but just to have that uh, meeting and it has divided this nation there are people that think that think it is the right thing to do and then there are many others who think absolutely no way if we're not allowed to move the rest of the population are not allowed to move beyond our 5k then why should the Taoiseach be jumping on a plane and going to uh, Washington well yesterday when we came off air we had so many texts and calls and emails about this yesterday didn't get to a quarter of them I would say on air yesterday but as we always do we always take time when we come off air to go through all of the calls and texts and let me give you just a sample of the ones that we didn't get to uh, yesterday uh, Carolyn by email to Patricia at uh, c103.ie absolutely 
Absolutely. Micheál Martin, the Taoiseach, should go to America. For God's sake, he is the seller of Ireland. He's going over to sell brand Ireland and that is why it is so important. Tim in Yall says that the Taoiseach, he should lead by example and not go full stop. Covid is bigger than Shamrock. Joe Biden is very much aware of Ireland's economy. Being no doubt, this government have a lot of answers regarding the spread of COVID-19 and that blame relates to not closing off the borders, the airports and the ports, not following the advice of Dr Tony Houlihan and allowing hundreds of thousands of visitors into this country, bringing with them different variants of the virus. Lots of lives have been lost and continue to be lost due to this inexcusable lack of leadership. That's according to Tim in uh, Yall. And then another listener says, please tell your anti-American visit moaners that the rule for making comparisons is and always was compare like with like. A leader of the country going on a hugely important visit for our economy to one of us going on a trip to pass away a few hours is inane. So you're not comparing like with uh, like. And then a final one saying, morning, Patricia, what a brilliant idea from some of your listeners on the programme yesterday for Vicky Phelan to represent Ireland in Washington, especially as she's over there already trying to prolong her life due to the incompetence of our health system in this country. Micheál Martin would show great backbone by allowing Vicky Phelan to represent him. He will be allowing a true hero of Ireland represent us and let Vicky be our deserving representative. So many people feeling that that's exactly what should be happening. It should be Vicky Phelan who goes and delivers the bowl of Shamrock. I wonder will that gain a little bit of momentum? Only time will tell. Anyway, that's just a follow-on from some of your thoughts coming into the programme yesterday. Now, the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, he yesterday effectively ruled out uh, any of us going away on holidays. If anyone thought you were going to be having a nice foreign holiday this year, I think Tony Houlihan yesterday really scuppered the idea. Now, I think the majority of people, I heard Tony Houlihan talk about it, heard about his comments yesterday and I really thought, I I don't I certainly don't know of anyone in my circle, isn't a very big circle but I don't know anyone in my family or any of my friends who are even contemplating a foreign holiday this year, I think everybody knows we ain't going to, if you get away on holiday we might be lucky enough to get away on a little staycation or we might get some day trips somewhere where we certainly are not jumping on a plane and heading anywhere foreign but Dr Tony Hoolan obviously was responding yesterday to comments that had been made yesterday morning by the Ryanair boss uh, Michael O'Leary who I have to say launched the most extraordinary extraordinary attack on our Chief Medical Officer Dr Tony Houlihan. He uh, criticised his leadership and he also criticised the the rest of his Neffet colleagues. Uh, Michael O'Leary accused Neffet of disseminating misinformation. He accused them of giving out scare stories as well as causing mass hysteria about international travel. It was in an interview he gave yesterday uh, morning. Now, Dr Tony Houlihan was speaking then last last night and obviously he brought up about what Michael O'Leary had said yesterday. And Tony Houlihan, very 
you know, matter-of-factly said, look, it is not realistic to expect people to be able to fly to Europe or indeed to any other worldwide destinations for summer holidays this year. He reckons the only beach we're likely to travel to will be a local one. And he said, I quote, I don't think we are heading for a summer where millions of Irish people will be heading to beaches other than a beach in their local in their own locality. Michael O'Leary had predicted there will be millions of people travelling to beaches of Europe in July, August and September. Maybe there will be millions, but I don't know. I wonder how many of them will actually be Irish, uh, Michael O'Leary. Dr Tony said last night he appreciated everybody wanted a traditional summer holiday, but he said to fly off to Europe or any parts of the world for a summer holiday, he said, I really do not think that that is uh, realistic. And when he was asked for his response as to what Michael O'Leary said about uh, Neffet and particularly about Neffet and the mass hysteria, he said, look, we have a job to do. We have to give people news and we know it's news they would prefer not to hear. He said, would we prefer to be given good news? Would we prefer to say that there was fewer deaths and less positive cases? He said, of course we will. But he said, we can't. All we can do is report on the numbers and the figures and give the news and say it as it is. Dr Tony. Uh, also uh, renewed concern that the fall in daily cases of the coronavirus is showing signs of plateauing against a background of a rise in workplace outbreaks and general signs that people, some people are leaving, the, letting the anti-COVID-19 messages slip. He said, given the prevalence of the more infectious UK strain, the UK strain now is accounting for 70% of all of the positive cases reporting in this country. He said it's extremely important that workplaces and retail settings need to review their protocols and ensure that their staff and their customers are protected as much as possible. And Philip Nolan from Neffert was also speaking yesterday and he is just warning of the worrying signs of a slowing down of the reduction. And he pointed out that in the last seven to eight days, case numbers have been relatively constant. They're around the 1,300 every day. And I was only chatting about this at home yesterday when the figures came out. We seem to be stuck on this. We kind of hover around the 1,000. We might go up to 1,100, then it'll go to 1,400, and then it'll go back to 1,300. They're still extremely high numbers, but it does seem to have plateaued. We need to work even harder to get those numbers down uh, further. Now, the incident of infection in the over 60s and over 85s is beginning to fall, but unfortunately those figures are still very high in the over 65s and in the over 85s and it was with great sadness I saw last night that more than 30 residents of four Cork nursing homes and and a community hospital in Kerry have died in just the last two weeks. 30 people passed away. West Kerry Community Hospital, that's in Dingle, they had at least eight residents dying between January 21st and January 26th. So that's just over five days. Eight residents died at the Bon Secure Care Village that's also known as as Mount Desert in Cork. And uh, they also, three of them all died on the same day on the 24th of uh, January. I mean, such devastating loss to their family. But you also have to think of the staff as well. I mean, many of these residents would have been there 
there for many years and relationships are built up between staff and residents and uh, like to lose eight in a short period of time but for three of them to all die on the same day. Then there was six residents passed away at Amberley Nursing Home and Retirement Village. That's in uh, Formoy and six died within days of each other between the 18th and 29th of uh, January. Uh, also in other homes some of the residents who died are believed to have received their first COVID vaccine dose and, and they were due to get their booster shot and unfortunately they just, the vaccine just didn't come in time for them and the residents of Deer Park House that's in uh, Bantry 3 died there on the 27th of uh, January then another died on the 29th and another day the, the day after so five deaths at the Deer Park House in um, uh, Bantry and then there was five residents of a fourth home all died in uh, recent weeks and can we just send on our deepest deepest condolences to all of the families uh, for anyone who has died but especially those that passed away in those uh, nursing homes but we think we very much think as well of the staff who are working so hard to try to keep those residents safe still more commentary coming in about the Taoiseach going to America and I will get back to that but I just want to give a quick mention uh, to somebody who says Hi Patricia is there any derogation for bus or truck drivers who need to get their annual CPC uh, courses surely all these courses should be cancelled during lockdown 16 drivers are limited in course number size size regardless of the size of the room before lockdown it's a ridiculous situation now for drivers obliged to have completed their annual course thanking you and I've checked in with the RSA and the CPC. It's the Certificate of Professional Competence. Uh, Periodic training has been identified as an essential service and CPC centres remain open. Drivers with schedule training should attend as uh, normal. And uh, and if attending, they're exempt from level five travel restrictions. So no, there's no sign they are on the list. There's a number of things on the list for the RSA that is deemed part of essential services under level five uh, restrictions. So no, no sign of them being suspended. I am afraid. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Court today on C one zero three with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See. At the weekend, it was revealed that the audio recordings of the personal interviews given by the survivors of the mother and baby homes had been destroyed. Many of the survivors who gave their accounts to the Mother and Baby Home Commission of Investigation are not happy about this. And joining me is Susan Lowen of the Adoption Rights Alliance. Good morning to you, Susan. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. When survivors gave their testimony, were they told that the audio recordings would be destroyed? Well, according to the many, many people I've spoken to over the weekend, they have all, without question, said no. And I would know most of the 19 people who gave evidence to the investigative committee and I obviously know scores of people who gave evidence to the confidential committee. And as, as I think I, I said to somebody over the weekend, you know when you go into a website and it says there's all this technical jargon about cookies and accepting it? Mm. None of us read that. Mm. Uh, we just want to get in and use the website. Most of the people who gave evidence to either the investigative committee or the confidential committee have reported to me that they were in such a state of high you know, high anxiety and just wanting to get their evidence recorded that anything could have been said to them and they would not have noted it properly. So it's going to be a case of he said, she said. Um, And I think it's absolutely 
disgraceful in this day and age uh, that a commission of investigation, which was actually investigating the degree to which women's consent were, mothers' consents were obtained when it came to the forced adoption of their children, that they would rely on such, such an archaic uh, method or will tell them that the tapes will be destroyed and then there's no you know uh, there's no proof whether they said that or not and yeah, I think but what, I tell you, what really got to me uh, when I read it at the weekend Susan was the speed at which the tapes yes. were destroyed I mean I don't even think it's a month since it was published well exactly now we don't know the date on which they were destroyed and Roderick O'Gorman Micheál Martin the entire cabinet have questions to answer on this because if you recall, Patricia, it was last October, November and December that uh, the, there was huge public disquiet. It was, it was brilliant to actually to have their support uh, when uh, members of Adoption Rights Alliance and the Clon Report, uh, sorry, the, the Clon Report project, when they uh, started a campaign of information on letting people know that the, first of all, the digital archive which the Commission was proposing to be given to TUSLA would not be given to the Minister uh, and that uh, certain records would be sealed. Actually, the bulk of the records would also be sealed for 30 years. So um, if that didn't start to raise flags across the entire Cabinet and particularly the Department of Children and Equality, ironically, uh, well, really, they must have been asleep on the job uh, and Helen okay. Dixon, the data commissioner, she weighed in uh, back in November, December on the illegality of sealing personal records for 30 years. And that is not happening now. People will be able to apply to the Department of Children and Equality for their personal information. So that is it, even at that stage, that it did not raise flags again. Okay, but go back to these tapes. Were any of the survivors offered a copy no, of what they fact, said? Um, uh, Elaine Lachlan, who wrote this report, this piece in the Examiner on Saturday, she said that one of the witnesses said that she would like a copy of the recording and was told, no, they couldn't do that. Again, I would question the legality of that because when it comes to written statements, the various commissions of investigation have relied on the illegal and frankly outrageous uh, rule within their uh, kind of procedures that uh, witnesses do not get copies of their testimonies. But it's your your own evidence. Exactly. And what I keep hearing over the weekend is that, you know, we went into a statutory commission of investigation, particularly those who went before the investigative committee. It is run like a formal courtroom. And they said, like, in what court in the land would witness testimony be destroyed afterwards? It it flies in, in the face of any principle of natural justice that we know about. And, and I firmly believe that the Commission have been operating on the basis that nobody's ever go, nobody will ever be able to check the accuracy of what we have put in our report because they thought the records were going to be sealed for 30 years. And who would be alive then or who could recall exactly what was said? Their Achilles heel is that, uh, thankfully, down to the, you know, the, the, the project, or sorry, the campaign on repealing the seal, as it were, that now that these records 
uh, we now know that it would have been illegal to have sealed them for 30 years and that has dropped the commission right in it. Well, they've now been sealed forever because they, the audio tapes have been destroyed. Do we have any... Do we know if were they transcribed before they were destroyed? Well, it's... Um, the, yes, certainly there were stenographers present in the investigative committee. Now, uh, what, what's not yet clear to me, because of course the commission are, you know, they've they've gone underground. It's not yet clear to me whether uh, those testimonies are still extant, as it were, if they if they haven't been destroyed, um, and that would be, you know, akin to the procedure that we would see in any of the, you know, high courts. Um, proceedings, you know, where somebody is is accurately recording every word that someone says. Uh, We don't know if that testimony has been destroyed or not. Uh, in addition to the voice recordings. But and I gather... Uh, yeah. But the big, I, the big worry with all of this and, and the reason why, from what I can gather, so many of the survivors are so upset when they heard that the tapes have mm. been destroyed, many are saying that their story is not reflected in, exactly. the, in the report. Exactly. We are inundated at Adoption Rights Alliance with uh, really distressing calls of people saying, um, I don't recognise this as my evidence. It's not, it's not a complete narrative. Uh, bits of my, my testimony has been pulled out and used out of context. Um, and we know from the likes of Noelle Brown, who is a survivor of Bessborough, who has actually obtained a copy of her written testimony that which she also does not recognise because her testimony was shoehorned into 220 statements. You know, the uh, it was liter- quite literally a box-ticking exercise. So that is a complete corruption of evidence, I would say, and serious questions need to be asked and answered about that. And um, do you also believe that many of the survivors would not have shared their story if they knew what was going to happen in that the, the audio tapes were, were going to be destroyed so quickly? Yes, because many of them uh, thought that their evidence would eventually go to a, a national archive uh, for survivors of, you know, large-scale human rights abuses in Ireland, which actually Micheál Martin was very quick to endorse last um, November and December. Now that the testimonies have been destroyed, a, a fact of which he uh, w- would have known, um, what does he think will be used now to house that archive with evidence? You know, are people going to have to go through the entire process again? Who will pay for that? And, you know, in many cases... Uh, the, the witnesses, particularly the mothers, they would have spent months, if not years, uh, leading up to the date where they gave their evidence, having to steel themselves to enter into, you know, a very, very cold, hostile, unempathetic environment. And then they would have left on their own because there there were no uh, in-house counsellors available. Uh, and then many of them don't live in Dublin, would have had to have travelled you know, back to wherever they, they came. And, uh, you know, to 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 say that to the witness, I think what the message the witnesses are getting is that I was not 
I was not listened to. Yeah. I was not heard. And that's the I was worst thing you can do to a victim of, of any kind mm. of abuse is that they feel they feel that they're not being heard yeah. and, 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 and that they're not being believed. And I read in the papers today that the Data Protection Commissioner Indeed. has raised concerns about the legal basis for the deletion oh, of the records. I mean, this is, this is not over by a long shot. No, it's not. And uh, I'm delighted to see her intervention in this because, as I said, the fact that she wrote in on the legality of sealing uh, the Commission's uh, evidence or witness testimonies for 30 years, that should have raised so many red flags and clearly it didn't or there is such arrogance amongst those uh, overseeing you know, the, 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 the winding up of this Commission that they, they didn't care. And I mean, there really has to be consequences for these actions and certainly um, procedures put in place to ensure that such actions would never happen again. Okay. All right. We'll watch this one closely, uh, Susan. In the meantime, thank thanks, you for that. Patricia. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the programme. That is uh, Susan Lone of the Adoption Rights Alliance, 1850-333-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, the Cork football manager, Ronan McCarthy, is facing suspension after a breach of the collective training guidelines. It happened early last month. C103's GAA reporter Finbar McCarthy uh, joins me with more on the background to this story. Good morning to you, Finbar. Good morning, Trisha. How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. I suppose, can you start by explaining what the collective training guidelines are and how the Cork team breached them? Well, the collective training guidelines are quite simple. You're not allowed training and you haven't been since the season ended, when well, for Cocker ended in late November, and once you were out, you were not allowed to train anymore under the public health guidelines issued by the GA. Even though Corker uh, Intercounty has described this class as elite, they, was, they, they suspended all training because of the rising numbers. And as we all know, pictures emerged of the Cork football team on the beach in New Orleans early in January, and that led to the disciplinary action be taken by the GA. And it's not just uh, us here in Cork, County Down are also facing. Yeah, yeah the Down, apparently Down had a gathering in, in some college up there and there was also rumours of another county, I think it was Kildare, but there was there was, um, there was was nothing proven against Kildare. But the, the investigation has been ongoing for a number of weeks and uh, Ronan, the Cork manager, gave an interview to um, the papers here in Cork where he said the, he, he more or less admitted that they, they did gather in Yall and that's uh, but they were compliant with all the public health guidelines, which was strange to say the least. Ronan is a, is a very nice guy, but he's a principal of a school, so he, he should have been aware that they were breaking the rules when they trained on, on you all that. Uh, I think it was a Sunday or a Saturday that the, the pictures emerged. Uh, but you're on a beach, and, and uh, I, I take it they were all well-spaced out and whatever in, in, in the open air. And, and, and I read, I think, that they saw it as a team-building session rather yeah. than training. But that's yeah, that's yeah, not that's justification. No, probably not. No, I think he did. He did give a fairly in-depth explanation. Insofar as that, it was a team bonding exercise. Did comply with all the social distancing and mask wearing and and all the all other aspects that go with this awful pandemic. 
and apparently some players who might have felt unwell or had underlying conditions were not allowed to attend whether they were injured or not, I'm not so sure. But he said he complied with all medical rules at the time. But the, I think the fact that they, they went to Yall in such a public place, you know, there's plenty of places in Cork you can train if you didn't want to be spotted. But I, I think he did say, as I said, they complied with all the, the rules of social distancing. But I think the, the optics of this were very bad. And I know that the GA were fuming, the GA at a higher level were fuming over it because you go back to October, Tricia, when, when all this was going on, the day after the Cork County hurling finals, um, there was lots of things happened. Not in Cork now, not just in Cork, but all over the country with crowds and gatherings and so on and so forth. And they immediately, immediately suspended all club activity all over the country. There hasn't been a club match of any distinction played since October. In fact, there are three or four county finals yet to be played here in Cork. So they are taking this this um, virus very, very seriously and they're leading by example. Just give an indication... I was at the ladies' football match in Crow Park the day of all the confusion and I was speaking to Siobhan Brady and I just, casual conversation, I asked her, was the president around John Horn? And he said, no, no one comes in for a match unless you're supposed to be there. So for Cock and Down and others maybe to go training in a public place, sent out all the wrong message and I think that's why the GR being so strong with the suspension. OK, and what, talk me through, what, what in practical terms, what does the suspension mean for the Cork team? Well, what it means is that the manager, if um, I, when I heard it last night, I, I got a wrinkle about it last night, and I tried to make a few calls before before I got it verified. And to be fair, an officer of the board did reply to my uh, message saying, "Yeah, notice of this is for the action, twelve week suspension for the, the cock manager and the down manager must be said." It means effectively, I think now Patricia, he's going to appeal the man cock is going to appeal on his behalf for whatever reasons. But if the suspension is lifted, it effectively means Ronan can have no active involvement with the Cork football team for a period of 12 weeks from when they go back training. Not from the date oh. of the offence, not from the date of the offence, but from when they resume training, which will be sometime in March. But no effect on the team itself? Was there well, talks about well, a loss of a... Of oh, a, of yes, a oh yes, that's true, that's true. They, like, the league has been restructured instead of playing your normal seven or eight games. It's now down to four in regions and they lose home venue for one of those games which one it is I'm not so sure and given the fact that you know only three games I know there's no monetary because there'll be no crowd but if you want to get promotion you need to you need to take every advantage you can get and losing a home venue could be an important in terms of getting promotion that's another punishment for the Okay, but for, no, no financial penalty I, as far as I'm aware, no, and okay. I think the reason the reason for that, I would imagine, Patricia, is that every county board and more than every club are struggling financially because of that's why I, that's why I asked about a financial penalty. That would have been yeah. really a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, so I think the the, the, the board, you see, they're making a difference here. The team trained; they probably defied board instructions. So they're going to punish the team and not the board. Mm. If you get my drift I do. by I do. by suspending the manager and making them concede one home game. Okay, so, so you you are expecting that the county board will appeal the decision. My information is that Cork are going to appeal. Yeah, is it worth appealing? Well, I suppose the, 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 from what I can gather, the the offence that they're being charged under is bringing or disgracing the association, which normally carries an eight week suspension. 
but they've given it 12. Maybe that's to reduce it, or maybe it's the fact that they're taking it so serious, they're put, punishing the respective managers to the letter of the law much more than they normally would. If it it's sending out a strong message to other teams. A, yeah. a very, very strong message. Yeah. And yeah. I know that in, in recent weeks, both Tom Ryan, and the Director General, and John Horne were absolutely furious that counties were in breach of the regulations because of the manner in which I mean they're not even in own counties go back training in March yeah yeah uh, until yeah. March so they're, they're looking at the bigger picture they really they are, are looking, looking at the picture, picture alright okay. right, listen um, I, we appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today thank you for that Finbar good morning thank to you, you. Take bye, care. bye 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 that's the C103's GAA reporter Finbar McCarthy a lovely uh, text coming into us from Germany from uh, Graham uh, to say his uh, parents were one of the winners uh, last week of our Coolmore Hampers that was Noel and Helen wasn't it Noel and Helen um, Metelko in Ballyhay and a lovely text in from Graham in Germany to say it was on to the parents the man the da and that the Coolmore Hamper arrived and they're absolutely thrilled they've already worked their way through one of the cakes and they described it as divine and yummy and Graham in Germany is a happy man because Mammy and Daddy have decided to post two of the cakes to Graham in Germany so happy days they can't wait for that parcel to arrive in the post enjoy Graham and thank you for your text 1850 we're going to take a break we have news at 11 on the way Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie you're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were speaking with Susan Lowell of the Adoption Rights Alliance about the news of the destruction of the recording of the witness's testimony to the Mother and Baby Home Commission. And it was just to me, it was the speed at which the witness testimony, which was recorded in the confidential meetings, it's just the speed at which the testimony has been destroyed that really got to me at the weekend but anyway um, a listener is saying could they not go to the European Court of uh, Human Rights yeah it's a possibility but I mean let's wait and see what happens closer to home because we know that the Data Protection Commissioner has now written to the Commission and raising their concerns and they're actually asking them to provide the justification and the legal basis for the deletion of the records because you know some of the survivors a lot of the survivors are very upset. They feel they weren't informed that the the audio of their statements would be deleted and they certainly weren't informed they were going to be deleted uh, so uh, quickly. And those recordings would have served as a means of verifying and allowing for them to re- re- correct any of the written record to reflect the testimony that they give because so many of the survivors, it was f- about 500 people went to the commission to tell their story and so many of those survivors are saying that when the report came out what they were reading didn't reflect what they had told the Commission and what they had told the Confidential Committee. And the only way of verifying that would be, well, let me play back my recording so I can point out to you exactly what I uh, said. And then you can tell me how you interpreted whatever I said. How did you interpret it that way, for example? But that now is not going to happen because all of the records, all of the audio tapes have been uh, destroyed. But let's wait and see what comes out from the Data uh, Protection Committee. And hi, uh, Patricia, this is from Anne. I was reading more about the babies. 
that was sent to America for adoption. And as I was listening to Susan Owen of the Adoption Rights Alliance on your programme this morning, uh, speaking to you about destroying the tapes, isn't it terrible altogether, says Anne. It just makes me so sad. But isn't it a bit late now to be trying to get someone to bring to justice, seeing as a lot of the people who were involved, particularly in the very cruel acts, are no longer with us. They've died. Well done for airing these terrible injustices. Uh, yeah, Listen, I absolutely accept that and the survivors who went forward would say that as well, that the, you know, the people who were particularly cruel to them uh, are no longer there. But I think for a lot of the women, certainly the women that went forward to give their evidence, they want to be heard and they want to be believed. Um, and it's their truth. They want their story to be told, I think, more than anything, rather than getting any kind of justice. They just want to be just to be listened to and to be believed, I think, is for a lot of the women is, is just all the justice that they need. Anyway, Anne finishes her text and Micheál Martin is an intelligent man and he'll do the right thing about visiting Joe Biden with the bowl of shamrock. He can always post it over to them. I used to post it to Canada many years ago, says uh, Anne. Thank you for that, Anne. And with that, a series of texts and calls in about this trip and will this trip go ahead on St. Patrick's Day. Michael in Castletown Bear, Patricia, most certainly the Taoiseach of this country should go to the White House on St. Patrick's Day. Don't ever forget that the USA is and always will be our greatest saviour. Countries around the globe would give away half of their possessions to be in the unique position that Ireland is in with the USA and certainly what happens on St. Patrick's Day let no Taoiseach try and break that bond regardless of what political background he or she may come from. The USA is always there at the back of Ireland. Godspeed to the Taoiseach is what I say and whoever it is relevant for him to travel with. It's not a shindig they are going to but the height of respect to President Joe Biden and the United States of America. Thanking you says Michael. Thanks Michael. Hi Patricia. Are we as we are not allowed to travel abroad this summer, I decided I'd look up a staycation last night online. And you know something, says this texter, I don't think we'll be going anywhere this year. The cost has gone through the roof. Have other listeners noticed this? For four of us to go uh, self-catering anywhere in the Killarney area for two to three nights, it would cost over one thousand euro. I'm on a COVID payment at the moment so therefore I am taking a hit and I've got bills and mortgages etc but I really don't think we're going to be able to afford our little holiday this year. Have others started to check out staycationing and have others started to notice have what we would need to find out is have prices gone up year on year. We need to find somebody who booked a holiday last year and trying to book a similar staycation this year and is there a difference in price. That does seem very expensive for two or three nights on self-catering basis in Killarney a thousand euro sounds very expensive surely surely you could find something cheaper than that I wonder if you look to a different area is it the fact that it's Killarney which is a popular tourist destination and that they've always been more expensive there 1850 if anybody has noticed that that the price of staycations has uh, gone up and it will be staycationing we will be doing uh, this year Catherine says back to Micheál Martin if Micheál Martin does make the trip to Washington it will be an utter disgrace how dare they preach to everyone in this uh, country how we should behave during this dreadful virus and then swan off himself at taxpayers expenses it beggars belief says uh, Catherine get over it says the girls from Mallow for God's sake Micheál Martin is right to go he is a good man and he's trying to do his work 
for this uh, country. So he's got the blessings of the girls from Mallow by uh, text. Morning, Patricia. To people who are suggesting that Vicky Phelan should be the one to hand over the bowl of shamrock to Joe Biden, uh, do people really have any cop on at all? If Vicky Phelan contracted COVID, it could kill her. Is the shamrock worth that, says uh, Anne. I uh, hadn't thought about that I'm, and, and I don't know how much cocooning Vicky Phelan is, is doing. I mean, she's undergoing treatment at the moment so her her immune system would be already suppressed because of, of all the cancer, that, the cancer she has and the cancer treatment that, that she's getting. So yeah, maybe she's not to be going into any public uh, space. I hadn't thought about that. Thank you for your uh, text. Let me hold Martin lead by example, says Liz, like the GAA and cancel the US Shamrock uh, trip. Hey, Patricia, I've been listening to you reporting on the loss of lives in our care homes. I'm so saddened. So many overall losses. It actually has me in tears almost uh, daily. There is no comfort that any of us can give at this time, only to remember the goodness in the people that have gone ahead of us. We've all sacrificed so much, not just with the loss of loved ones. So for Micheál Martin and any of his crew to even consider a trip to the US is not only irresponsible, but is saying to us that all our sacrifices and all we have endured are irrelevant. I'm really feeling very strongly against the trip to the States. Sandy says if the Taoiseach and the ministers travel to Brussels on business, then it is vital. The Taoiseach meeting the US president to keep US business uh, awareness of Ireland's location and presence in the EU market. There are still some in the US who think of Ireland in the realms of Derby O'Gill. Um, by the way, Sandy, whatever happened to the Apple ta- taxes? They're still in an escrow fund, aren't they? I don't think that's been sorted out uh, yet. God, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but I don't think it's been sorted out. I think they're still sitting uh, in that account. But anyway, Sandy's saying it is important that Micheál Martin uh, travels. And Brendan and Malice says, I've been listening to your show over the last few days and I can't understand people's thinking on the Taoiseach going to America. Post-Brexit, we need better dealings with the US. The, the, there is huge needs for for Ireland's future. But what baffles me most was nobody complained about the Munster and the Leinster rugby team travelling to Italy and Wales at the weekend and to see players sharing drinks bottles. Not And there's no two weeks isolation for them. And the Six Nations is starting this week. People should get their priorities right and complain about the different rules for some, says Brendan in uh, Mallow. Now, just I come, I'm not coming in defence of rugby, but I know I was listening to, I think it was Johnny Callahan was, was talking about it. They, they're, they're deemed elite players. They're in a kind of a bubble. They're, they're, so, and they're all regularly tested and and all of that. And that's how those those players can go ahead. And that doesn't mean that COVID doesn't doesn't get into the teams and doesn't get into the various uh, rugby clubs. But that's how the, co- the the elite players are managing to do it is that they go into this social bubble. It's the same way, you know, you'll see some television programmes have gone ahead and they all get into a social bubble. Everyone gets tested. You're not allowed to mix with anybody else. You can't mix with anybody outside, outside of your bubble. So that's how, that's, that's how those matches are going ahead. Others would say they think it's great that the matches are going ahead because it gives people something to sit down and watch and rugby fans love to watch the rugby match as indeed GAA fans will hope that matches will be televised so they'll be able to watch that and that's good for people's mental health 
So there's always arguments as to why that that, that kind of activity and those kind of sporting events uh, should go ahead. But I ac- absolutely accept the point you're making, Brendan. Thank you for your text. And the Taoiseach travelling to America, not a big issue, says this texter. If he wants to go, fine, but he must self-isolate for 14 days when he comes home. That will be the type of leadership that's necessary right now. Problem solved. And someone else says, what's the difference between the GAA and rugby? It's okay for them to travel all over the country, says uh, Tim, but it's not okay for the Cork team to go down to you all to do a little bit of uh, training. 1850-333-103 Some of your texts uh, and calls coming into them into us. Keep them coming. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 C103 Jobs Johan Seafood, they're based in Bantry. They've got a vacancy for a general operative while a full-time farm labourer is required. That's for the Fremont Child of Canturk area. Full and part-time farm operator positions available. That's in the Mill Street and Moore Abbey area. And catering assistant slash pizza chef with two years previous experience in the food industry required for work in Bishopstown. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. We had an email into the programme this week from one of our listeners asking us if we were aware that charges at the civic amenity sites were going up, in some cases doubling. For example, double axle trailer from €40 euro to €80 euro, and a single axle trailer from €20 euro to €40. Euro. Bernadette Connolly is with the Cork Environmental Forum and she takes up the uh, story. Good morning to you, Bernadette. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you for having me on. Well, you're welcome. Now, we have sent an email to Cork County Council asking them to confirm or deny that the increases are going up, uh, but we haven't heard anything back yet. What are you hearing? Okay, so I suppose I heard, we first heard about this um, on Friday late last week and then we got some more clarifications over the weekend. So we're he- we heard that the charges were to come in from Monday, from the 1st of February, that that was what was signed off on by Cork County Council. And obviously it caused a bit of consternation when people began to hear this, that charges were going up to this extent because there was a lot of new charges. There was doubling of some charges. And, um, you know, it's just really concerning in some of the areas like the bulky waste items to do with furniture, um, some of those going up substantially, carpet, for instance, doubling um, and new charges, say, for oil and paint, while they're relatively nominal, they are new charges. So it seems that there is new charges across the board and everything, and charges are either being introduced or they're being increased. But we have heard, maybe just to update you, I have just heard there is a meeting of the council this morning and they're discussing this issue and I've just heard from someone that this is being pushed back probably till the 1st of March, which is good news. Um, because maybe if I could say one or two things that I find disturbing about it. Okay. It seems um, one of the independent councillors um, posted on our Facebook page because we put this out on Facebook and they said that the council was supposed to come back to them. This issue was discussed at council with councillors, but 
the councillors seem to be under the impression that it should have come back to them with more detail of what charges were going to be um, implemented. We do know and we appreciate that there are deficits for the local authorities, substantial deficits for the local authorities, particularly in the era that it is and in having to waive rates and a whole range of things and that some of the civic community sites obviously are running at a loss. But we think that this is a very blunt way to try and increase revenue and that it's actually only going to add to the waste crisis and we just feel that waste is pervasive all throughout the county. Things had begun to change. People are engaging well with the current civic community site system. And also in West Cork, I think in particular, they were really working hard to assist and incentivise people to work on reducing their waste and had kilo charges, for instance, for residual waste, food waste and a number of other items. So this kind of goes against our waste hierarchy where we're trying to encourage reduction and and, and, un, and unfortunately, we have to make it as easy and as cheaply as possible to make sure that some, it's only some, I mean, I think the majority of people want to do the right thing, but to, to make sure that people don't dump. And, and when I got this email in, my initial reaction was, this is going to lead to further dumping. Oh, without a doubt. And that would be our concern as well. It's just going to lead to further illegal dumping. Um, you know, and instead of, you know, rewarding people for responsibly recycling, you know, they, they, they're being penalised, really. And, you know, we need to engage people better. And I think two things that stood out for me. OK, so they didn't go back to the councillors. So there's a lack there of consultation for representative, um, you know, democracy. And the other thing that I feel is is poor as well, internally maybe perhaps within the council. You know, you've 12 civic community sites. It seems that the staff working in those civic community sites were not consulted and not brought in to the discussions around what they felt would would probably, you know, be able to go with the public or not. They have the best sense of the people coming into them. And a lot of people are struggling at the moment because of COVID, because of so many people, um, you know, having to be on the this subsidy payment and people really are struggling and then bringing in charges at this time it yeah, just well, doesn't go down and, well. And another thing that struck me when we got the email uh, to the programme and it was somebody who was bringing items to a civic amenity site and was told by a member of staff uh, you know just to let you know from next Monday these are, are the new charges and what struck me was there was no advertisement that the charges were going up. People were simply going to turn up to a civic community site yesterday, Monday, 1st of February, and discover that some of the prices had doubled. Yeah, I mean, I use my own two local civic community sites because I'm midway between two civic community sites. I use them on a regular basis. That's where I take my recycling and my residual waste. And there was no notice there. And, you know, I, I have been there in January and there was nothing that... Up, there was no notices up. So I think it's um, very poor communications. I think it lacks a consultation and it lacks, um, you know, really being in touch with the public as well and, and respecting that people are making the efforts, but that this is just going to be counterproductive because, in, in fact, it could um, result in the council having to spend more money on cleanups. Because they would, it will inevitably, I think, lead to more illegal dumping. And, you know, it's it's really difficult. The other thing that the council should be working towards is the waste plans and the circular economy. And really, they have been very slow to support and help um, social enterprises to develop and so that there are alternatives where people are doing upcycling of um, items. I know that 
Duhallow Revamp is a furniture recycling centre, but you you need them dotted around the whole county. You know, you need them in North Cork, West Cork, East Cork, and there needs to be more emphasis on that, on reuse, repurposing, and upcycling. Yeah, and, not and on, we, you know, and, just and, a and I know charge. in Mallow there's the. Uh, I mean, it's closed obviously at the moment. It's a charity shop, uh, Aurora, and it's for uh, for mental health, and they have it's a furniture shop, and they take in secondhand furniture, and they've got some really gifted, crafted. Uh, volunteers in there who upcycle the furniture and then they sell it on and it's so, because it's a charity shop it's sold on at a reasonable price and it's fantastic to see the furniture you know getting a, you know much loved piece of furniture getting reused and and becoming somebody else's much loved piece of furniture rather than it going to a civic community site but we yeah. need more places like that like we we've always argued that they shouldn't be just basically um deposit areas for um, what we term waste items that actually all of our waste items in one sense are a resource and that they should be resource recovery parks and we know that in other jurisdictions for instance in Tipperary, in Cashel they have some enterprises operating in their civic community site you know, so that they are recovering resources there on site and we've always tried to push for that in our civic community sites and the two that I use in West Cork have have huge sites and there is you know ample opportunity there to be doing more we know that um, they were producing compost in one of the sites but we, we need to see that whole um, circular economy you know upcycling reuse repurpose happening much more and I think it would be much better if the council worked more in partnership with others um, for instance with the likes of Cork Environmental Forum and many of the other groups that are out there. I mean you've got zero waste groups popping up around the county as well so you've got zero waste Cove, you've zero waste Cork, zero waste Bandon. So people are really interested in trying to reduce but this isn't going to incentivize people no, no, at no, all. No. And, and, and you know I'm a great fan of civic community sites and in particular the staff. I think they're just they're, they're so good, they're so helpful, they're so friendly and they're well run sites. Oh they're fantastic and they're, they're really good. One, one like the kilo charges in West, I think it's more prevalent in West Cork. That's a really great initiative and you know it's obviously overseen by the County Council that was a very positive thing and I think we've been making positive steps to move people more towards being responsible in you know recycling. Then this is just going to be so counterproductive and so, so received so negatively by the public really mm. and it just gives I think 99% of people try to be responsible I know we see an awful lot of waste but mostly it's created by maybe the 1% and you know this is this is probably going to just increase it and people who may have been borderline will just say I'm not going to pay you know 30 euro to get rid of a carpet you know it's gone from 15 euro up to 30 Whoa, and were, to they, the, were they talking about increasing the entry fee it's, it's 3 euro isn't it at the moment it's 3 euro so for instance things like oil and oil filters and paint that was all covered in the in the entry fee in the yeah. past and they're suggesting now that, you know, there are small enough fees and I guess, you know, paint, we wouldn't be painting all year round. So, you know, one euro for uh, less than five litre can and five litres and above two euro. And oil is kind of two euro, five euro and ten euro that they're suggesting. Uh, people, so people just send that to landfill. They'll just, yeah. they, they will. Yeah. They'll just send it they to will, landfill. Yeah. So, so the segre- yeah, the segregation and the 
resource recovery element is going to be diminished as well. I mean, it's true. And then in the entry fees, I mean, commercial sized vehicles, vans are going to be 10 euro and large commercial vans 20 euro. And then there's additional charges for trailers and that. And the timber one is very high. Um, I can't see now offhand, but I mean, it was doubling from 40 to 80 and... um, you know, very, very high actually for timber. Yeah, so I got. Yeah, that was the one. Done. That was the yeah. one I got. It's uh, that was the, the 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 gentleman who contacted us la- last week. It was a double axle trailer uh, full of uh, timber. Uh, he paid forty euro when he went with it last week, and it was somebody at the site said, "Do you know that that's going to be eighty euro next week?" So yeah. that that's. So, but somebody has said in in a recycling centre they saw a sign saying no scavenging. Yeah, well, well, yes, because, and that's so that people just won't take things out of, say, the waste metal or maybe the paint with, you know, and I know in but the But why past, not? If, if you could use yeah, it somewhere well, else. I think, I think it's just, I think what the scavenging means is maybe people help themselves without asking. Like, I do know of community groups who have availed of, you know, old paint and that if they've, yeah. you know, asked the staff and the staff and like you said are fantastic I mean I find my own local staff absolutely amazing they're so um, helpful and you can ask them any questions about anything and they're very very willing to help you so I think they're they're doing the best they can but obviously you know they weren't consulted either and I think this top-down method of you know managing things it may be the right of you know, to staff at the top to make these decisions. But I think it shows a really lack of consulting with people because I, I just think, you know, this top-down way of working, it, it doesn't work anymore. Well, it's I, not. I will be interested to hear reports from today's council meeting because I reckon there's going to be a massive backlash uh, by the councillors on this one because something we've noticed and listeners have been telling us uh, about, particularly since the pandemic, Lots and lots of people are seeing so much more rubbish on our roadsides and people dumping in in scenic spots. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and like, uh, just a shout out maybe to the Tidy Towns group. I know Tidy Towns group members and they are fed up with picking up the litter. And also there's, people are walking more. So when you walk, you notice much more. And that's why people are noticing the rubbish more. But it is everywhere. It's in the ditches on the roadsides. As you say, it's by the rivers. It's on our coastline. It's everywhere. And just um, just to wish everyone a happy World Wetlands Day. And our wetlands are so important. And we are polluting everything. So, like, wait for me, the and and everybody in Cork Environmental Forum, we think ultimately the cost of this will be to the environment, and we are really tired of the environment just being a laggard in relation to everything. Everything, you know, economic precedence is damaging the environment, and we need this environment to be healthy for us. Yeah, you know, we, we, will all, we will all and benefit. Uh, Mary says, Mary says, Hi Patricia, I am sitting here listening to your chat in a lovely armchair that I purchased in my local charity shop. I have a chest of drawers in my shed which I pulled out of a ditch. It needs a bit of attention but it will look perfect when I'm finished with it. Fantastic. Well done. So, yeah, so, so well done to Mary. And, and it is great and there is appetite there. I mean, I think that's the other thing. There is appetite there for pe- for, for the resource recovery that we're talking about and you know I think there probably are armchairs and cities and that that go into you know the recycling centres that possibly could be upcycled but there are very few facilities so I would love to see 
the local authority, you know, really put more resources into that. And I would love to see what, if, if someone, you know, maybe an investigative journalist or maybe yourself could investigate further with the council from their economic development fund, how much have they really spent on social enterprises and on supporting those kind of initiatives to happen in local communities because I think this is what this is a real opportunity now people are living more locally people are thinking about what what they what they can save money on in a way and they're valuing more their environment so I think okay. that is a really good opportunity okay. all right it's an so, issue I know I know we are going to come back to but listen at least a little bit of good news it looks like at the moment those charges are on hold we'll see if we can get a further update from the council on that in the meantime Bern, uh, Bernadette thank you for that and continued good luck with the great work of the Cork Environmental Forum and thank you for joining us on the programme Thank you very Good much. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bernadette Connolly there. 1850 333 And Michael in has just been on to us and this is to do with moving outside of your 5K. He was travelling in Cork yesterday. He needed to take his daughter to the dentist and his wife went along in the car. Now it was an essential journey. His daughter was getting root canal treatment done which is a little bit painful. Uh, so anyway heading along they were stopped off the slip road near the motorway. I'm assuming, OK, Michael's in for more heading to Cork, so I'm, I'm assuming he was just outside for more. Garda stopped him and he showed him the appointment, taking my daughter to the dentist, getting root canal treatment and all of that. And he said, that's OK, OK for you to drive your daughter. But why is, what's your wife doing sitting in the car? And Michael said, well, we're all in a social bubble, so I thought it would be OK. She's coming along for the spin. Uh, when we're just going to drop my daughter to the dentist and then we'll sit in the car, wait for her to be finished and then we'll head straight back home. We're not going anywhere. And the Garda said, it should just be you, Michael, and your daughter going. There is no reason for your wife to be in the car. He also said he could have fined them but he wouldn't. And uh, Michael is wondering, how, has that happened to anybody else? And how are people feeling feeling about that? Was the guard right to point out the essential journey was for Michael to drive his daughter? The wife shouldn't have gone along for the spin. The messages were all meant to stay at home. Or was the was the guard, is that is that going too much to the letter of the law? As Michael said, they weren't going to get out, out of the car, but I suppose the guard that would say, how do I know that you're going to sit in the car and not go anywhere else? Anyway, as I say, he could have been fined. He wasn't, at least. He wasn't find uh, for it but your thoughts welcomed on that what it was an essential journey should you not be having another passenger sitting in for the ride 1850 333 103 Court today on C103 with Jean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie more than 70 of Ireland's top country music artists have come together to give their fans a much needed lift by connecting with them via a phone call during lockdown to chat about what's called the Reach Out campaign. I'm joined by well-known singer Trudy Lawler who came up with the uh, initiative. Good morning to you Trudy. Good morning to you Patricia and thanks indeed for having me on this morning. Well, well done. I think this is absolutely a wonderful wonderful idea. Take me back and tell me how it all came about. It all came about, we were talking my husband and I, Billy, who's a promoter in the music business, at how our business has been decimated in the last year and how the effect of the pandemic is having on the fans of the Irish country music circuit because anybody who follows our music knows that it's like one big family Patricia there's no real division between the fans and the entertainers because the entertainers when they finish their shows they come down and they meet their fans and they stay for hours getting selfies signing CDs 
So we realised the impact of, of them not seeing their favourite singer was huge on them, psychologically, in every single shape and form. So we thought, wouldn't it be a lovely idea to be able to connect the fans of the Irish country music scene with their favourite Irish country star through a phone call? So they're physically not touching them, but they're reaching out to them and having a chat with them. And it's helping so many, many people, thousands of people are benefiting from this personal phone call. And what's lovely about it, Patricia, is we're asking people to nominate somebody that they believe is deserving of this personal phone call from their favorite country star. And not one person in all the thousands of messages we're receiving every day, not one person has nominated themselves. Ah, to receive that phone call. Isn't that sweet? Which is lovely. So we're getting, of course, a wide range of people. A lot of people living on their own are being nominated with that personal phone call. Also, a lot of our frontline workers who are under serious pressure and on their day off, they're receiving a phone call and it's re-energising them to get back into their job. Was it easy to get the singers to sign up? So, Patricia, we didn't even have to ask one. I I do a radio show on Tip FM Sunday mornings, a country music show from 11 to 2, and I was on air and I could feel the mood of the nation was so low because it's it's such bad news every day. We said, look, why not just bring a little bit of light, a little bit of hope into people's lives and create something that might be special for them to cling on to during lockdown? So the singers all were listening in and they contacted me one by one. Mike Denver was the first, Robert Mazel was next. And they said, we know you're on air, but we want to be involved in this project. It's fantastic. We have all the time in the world to ring fans. We miss them as much as they miss us. So within a very a couple of hours, we had Daniel O'Donnell on board. We had Margo on board, um, the Three Amigos, Mike Denver, Michael English, um, also Nathan Carter, hugely popular, obviously, uh, De- uh, Derek Ryan, um, all, Foster and Alan, T.R. Dalt, Brendan Shine. There's over 70 artists have come on board on this, Patricia. And every one of them, every day, are reaching out to fans, special fans that need that boost at the moment, that need that pickup. A lot of mothers who are trying to homeschool, which isn't very, very easy. A lot of special children who are struggling in the current environment also been nominated. And we're just delighted to be the middle people to be able to connect the fan with their favourite star. And the stories are just heartbreaking, but so full of joy then when they receive that personal phone call. It's amazing. And it's a feel-good story. It's a feel-good factor in our community, in our world. The universe needs some positivity because we will get through this pandemic. Yeah, of and course. At the moment, it's, it's just keeping yeah, people happy. Yeah, I, I heard of a ninety-year-old uh, woman in, in Tipperary last weekend for, uh, on her ninetieth birthday. Got uh, a phone call from Daniel O'Donnell, and yeah. somebody said it's taken ten years off the woman. She's <laughs> exactly. Just, well, this is she's it, you know, flying. And this is the whole project is about Patricia. It's about giving back some positivity to the world and letting people know, and in our case, it's the country music fans, letting them know that the singers haven't forgotten them, even though they are performing year in, year out, and the fans have been supporting them. For the last year, they haven't been able to sing or perform because of our music business been decimated. So this is a way that they can still give back to their fans. And a phone call is a lovely way. It's a safe way. People are living on their own. There was one man received a phone call last week He's 81 years of age and is blind. He's over in West Clare. He hasn't had a phone call in five months. 
Oh my God! And he received a, a phone call from from his his favorite star, De- Declan Ernie. So it's it's wonderful what's going on. The singers are getting such a buzz out of it as well, Patricia. Because you know, in these times, we can do very little as singers and musicians. What we do is what we do. We get up on stage and we perform and we entertain. And therefore, we can't do any of that at the moment. So this is a way that we can reach out to the fans, connect with them. And I'm just delighted that everybody is on board. We're receiving thousands of messages every day. And who's coordinating it all? Well, I'm very lucky. I started off literally doing it myself, but I've been very lucky. We have a team of volunteers who are, you know, sifting through all the different messages that are coming in. And, and doing, obviously, our very best to connect the ones most deserving of that phone call. Yeah, it's yeah, because as, as you say, there's so many coming in and you're, you're doing your best to try to give it to the most uh, deserving. And yeah. obviously, when somebody nominates somebody, they'll say who their favourite artist is. Is, is, is that how it works? Exactly. And then when we receive, I receive then, you know, a very small amount of the messages that are coming in, obviously, because I have to go through them all and, and contact the singers. Um, they are very deserving. These people do need a phone call and the amount of gratitude and joy that they have in their voices when they ring back to say that they received a call. Yeah. Oh my God, it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's and do some amazing. of the calls come as a surprise to the person? Yeah, most of them are. Do they? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, most of them are. And then obviously, you know, we had, a, we had a little boy who had his foot amputated and he was discharged from the Mercy Hospital there in Cork last week and his mum was, uh, you know, in tears when she made contact with us just to say her little boy is such a big fan of Nathan and, and the family were distraught seeing their little five-year-old boy go through this and I straight away was able to ring Nathan and said look you know this is a call you need to make and he did within like 10 minutes he rang and the little boy just cried and cried and cried and his family were crying and there was a video call so it it was just very very moving and Nathan got more out of it than, yeah, than the yeah, little boy that's did. It, that's it. But that's what the project is about. Patricia, that's why it's called Reaching out. out. Yeah that's why it's called because you know um, when I mentioned that we were going to be talking about you on the programme I was making the point earlier you know as an industry you were the first to close down when Covid uh, hit and and sadly Trudy as an industry you're probably the last to get back to work. We will be Patricia it will probably be another year before we'll all be back working at the way we were. And we do feel hopeful about that. And and this is why this project is very important for people to realise our music may be silenced, but our voices are not. And we can still make that phone call to the fans that really need it because it's all about them, you know. And the singers are amazing people. You know, I, I saw like Robert Mazzell, who lost his dad through COVID only a couple of weeks ago. He's on the phone morning, noon and night ringing fans, you know, and, and Daniel and Margot and all, all the stars, like part of this, apart from the stadium artists, there's the artists that are on the road 20 years, 30 years and the newcomers as well. So 70 people are involved in this project. And we all spoke about it, Patricia, that wouldn't it be a wonderful idea if we all got together and sang a song, obviously from separate homes and separate recording studios within our 5K radius. And everybody agreed a song would be wonderful. So we decided to record a song in the last few days, and the song is called Reach Out. And it's the biggest coming together of Irish country music singers ever on a recording in Ireland. And all the singers, most of them have done their bits, one or two more still to finish, and it'll be out in the next 10 days. Wow. And when this comes out, Patricia, all the downloads and the proceeds we're giving back again, we're given to reaching out to Childline, and the ISPCC, 
who told us that there's like a, something like thousands of calls every day they were they've, receiving. They've, they've so, seen a massive you know, increase yeah, in the number of calls. And yeah. I tell you what broke my heart, Trudy, was seeing their calls over Christmas oh. and what little children rang about and they nobody else to ring. I mean, it was it was just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Michael in Castletown Bear says, Patricia, say hi to Trudy for me, oh. my girl from Ballyfin. Ah, uh, Michael, I know uh, Michael. And John, and John Finbar says, huge congratulations to Trudy on this, prog- on this project. It means so much to uh, so many people. Oh. So you're obviously keeping very busy your, yourself, Trudy. Are you recording or anything Are you, yourself? Well, this well, last year was to be 25 years anniversary tour of the, when I first started, you know, and Patricia, all of those concerts, they were sold out and they had to be postponed and they're postponed now for another year for 2022. So I was three quarters way through a new album to, to coincide with that. So that's on, on hold at the moment. But that's OK. You know, the main thing yeah. is to stay positive, to stay focused. It hasn't been an easy year for the country music or music industry in general. Um, but we will be back. It, it'll take another year, as I said. But in the meantime, this is something positive that we can do. Well done. And, How and can I can see people are asking, I am going to get to that. How do people sign up for the reach out? So they need to be nominated. And okay. it doesn't, you know, it can be somebody down the road that you know is living on their own. Yeah. You know somebody struggling. you know will be deserving of this and will really get a lift because it's all about Correct. giving somebody a lift. It's all about, I mean, as you said, that woman, you know, probably she's 10 years younger. Yeah. This is what's happening. And, and somebody said to me the other day, you know, our day isn't made. Our lockdown is made. Our year is made. This yeah. is going to carry us through yeah. because our singers are telling us we're going to be okay and it is going to be okay. And and this is what's wonderful. So you can nominate somebody who is deserving of a personal phone call from their favourite Irish country star by logging on to my own public Facebook, Trudy Lawler, T-R-U-D-I-L-A-L-O-R. Private messages there. We have a team of girls going through them. Also, we have a designated Reach Out Facebook page, which has all been manned uh, by five volunteers as well. That's all you've got to do. Brilliant. Indeed, it's brilliant. And will, will you let us know when the song comes out and, and, and we'll definitely give it a play and, and have a chat with you again. You're so kind, Patricia. No really problem. It. And Patricia, can I give a quick shout out to little Mikey Fitzgerald? He's only 10 years of age in Blarney in Cork and I know he and his family are all tuned in and he's recovering from a very, very big operation and was delighted when his favourite singer Cleona rang him last week. Bless. And he's gone through a lot. So, Mikey, you know, thanks to your mammy and all your family reaching out to us as well. Uh, we're only delighted to be reaching back. Okay, well, listen, thank you. and you stay safe, okay? Look after yourself. I Take will. care. Appreciate Take care. Thank you. God bless. Isn't Bye-bye. she lovely? That is uh, Trudy Lawler on the Reach Out campaign. If you know of as somebody who is a huge fan of one of our many, many country, uh, Irish country stars. There's so many of them, and all of them. If you go down to the list, if you go on to the Facebook page Trudy's Facebook page you'll see it all the big names are up there they've all signed up it it really is uh, terrific we wish everybody Selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pretty luck with it. And if you're lucky enough to get one of, one of the calls, uh, we hope that you really, really uh, enjoy it. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let me take a look at some of your calls and texts coming into the programme. A lot of people reacting to my piece with uh, Trudy Lawler and saying fair play and well done to Trudy Lawler for organising the entertainers to ring people. I can't wait to get back dancing. Kind regards. That is from Anne. Mags says, Patricia, hope you're all all well. We are. Thank God. Uh, Please God. Springtime is here. Onwards and upwards. Flowers and sunny days soon. I miss the dancing, says Mags. I used to go weekly to Mallow to the big bands, the likes of Declan Nurney, Trudy Lawler, who you just spoke with, Jerry Guthrie. Love them, particularly Cleana Hagen and Lisa McHugh. Love, love, love them. But my favourite, Declan Ernie. And I practice my dancing around the kitchen, listening to all the great songs on C103. So looking forward to the day we can all get back dancing. Happy days to come, says Margaret, who says thanks for the music. And I'll particularly pass that on to our own John Paul, who does a cracker of a show on a Sunday morning. Keep dancing around the kitchen, Margaret. That's the way to keep the spirits up. And someone else says to get a call from one of the musicians for the Reach Out campaign that Trudy spoke about. What do you do if you're not on Facebook? Says Eileen in Mitchellstown. Is there a number I can call our text? By the way, it's a wonderful idea and well done to Trudy. No, unfortunately, the only way they're doing it is through Facebook. And I can understand why. Because of the number of people that are getting nominated they have to have sort of one medium to use in order for them to filter through all of them so what I would suggest to you Eileen is check with someone you're bound to have a family member a neighbour someone who will be on Facebook that will be able to do it will be able to put the nomination in uh, for you and you shouldn't have any problem but at the moment that is the only way that they are doing it and then someone else says you uh, you should tell Trudy about the community calls we have in West Cork yeah the wonderful community calls I think a lot of people are picking up on what Trudy said about the, the man the elderly man in, in County Clare who had the call and he hasn't had a call in, in four months and was it was it Declan Ernie he said gave the gentleman a, a call wouldn't it be and I'm sure there probably are community calls in in Clare as well maybe the gentleman isn't aware of it yeah, but for people in West Cork yeah the community calls are great and it's just people just ringing up just checking in just and, and exactly for like a gentleman like that who've got nobody else to check in with them nobody else to, to call up on them so thank you and we will check back in with Judy Lawler to see how that campaign is going I have a funny feeling she's going to get a lot of nominations from people here in Cork and let us know if you do nominate somebody and they get the call let us know how the call went I'd love that they're really good news 
stories that we need to share with so many people. John says, Patricia, no foreign holidays this year for sure. Well, certainly listening to Dr. Tony Houlihan yesterday, and he is right, of course, says John. The recent rant by Michael O'Leary of Ryanair against Dr. Tony Houlihan was awful. Neffert have been on the money from the start, unlike our politicians, says uh, John. And that was, I was taken aback. It was yesterday, actually, that rant by Michael O'Leary. It was quite, I have to say, quite um, uh, shocking. On, uh, no, let me leave that one. Hi, uh, Patricia. People should look after themselves and forget about others. If people want to take their chances, so be it. Let them take their own uh, chances, said this Cantor listener. But it's about kind of responsibility. We all need to look after ourselves. And you are so right. And it's what I've been saying from the very start. Don't worry about what the neighbours are up to. Just look after yourself. And if you think the neighbours are not abiding by the rules and regulations. Give them the widest berth possible so that you can't come in contact with them. Uh, Martin in West Cork. I think this is this is interesting, uh, Martin, and this is something we might try and develop uh, more on, on the programme. Michael says, COVID isolation can be difficult for some people. But what makes this isolation in lockdown difficult for some but on the other hand, very enjoyable for others. What is the difference between the two groups of people? What is different in their worlds and in their minds that you can have some people who cope, find lockdown fine and others absolutely hate it. Martin says, personally, I don't mind lockdown at the moment, but what separates me from the other groups? What qualities do those that enjoy lockdown have over those who find lockdown very difficult? Perhaps you could pass on other people's experience and maybe we could all learn from each other. Uh, Thanking you, Trish. That's Martin in, in West Cork. And you are right. I have heard of people and they're almost embarrassed to say actually I find lockdown okay I'm enjoying my own and this is people who both live on their own and people who are living with others but you do hear from people who are living on their own on very small family units who are enjoying the I think it's the relaxation some people are finding and I certainly have heard of people who led very very busy lives who have been forced off that treadmill of life and have been forced to relax and slow down because that's that's what you do in lockdown and that's what the world is dictating at the moment. And for some, it's giving them a new outlook on life and they're enjoying this quiet uh, time. And then you hear others who literally are almost demented from lockdown and can't wait to get out, can't wait to be out socialising and, and to be with their friends and to be with their loved ones. So you are right, uh, Martin. There are two very distinct groups. How do we learn? How do we learn from the group that seem to be doing well in lockdown? What did they have to share with the people who are really struggling? So if anybody has stories to share and tell, uh, we certainly use this as the medium to share it with other people. 1850 I mentioned Grow because it was Mike in, in Bantier when we were talking about, re- in Bantry when we were talking about reaching out, we're saying don't forget Grow. They're a wonderful mental health organisation and they run weekly meetings on uh, Zoom. And another listener says, yes Patricia, Grow is a wonderful organisation. I found it so helpful. They were great support. To me it's an organisation for everyday living. Yeah, that's a great way to put it and we all need that support. We do indeed and just to remind people to reach out to uh, grow. 
you can if you ch- check them up online and, and certainly they're there to help so many people. We were talking about the inc- possible increase in prices at civic amenity sites. Patricia, as you're talking about rubbish, I go to the Bottle Bank in Carmichael Lane in Mallow. I go there every week and every single week there is somebody dumping a bag of rubbish. They put it in at the side of the Bottle Bank. Why is this person not being fined and named and shamed? And it's so frustrating, isn't it? for others who are trying to do their bit when it comes to doing right by recycling and disposing of your rubbish. And Meg says, what a crackers country we live in. We could be employing more people for upcycling instead of dumping uh, rubbish. Maybe we could do that instead of the money that has to be spent on cleaning up uh, areas. Surely that is the way to go. And John Imalo says, maybe you should get somebody on from the Green Party to talk about increases in the civic community sites. But we're waiting on the council to get back because as we heard from Bernadette when we were talking about it, it seems to have been stopped. They've put it on hold. Now that's not to say it's not going to come back in, but I imagine councillors must be fuming about the idea that this was pushed through without their say so. And Dave says, hi Trisha, we gave old white tins of paint, you know bits that are left, you might have a quarter a tin and a half a tin we gave it to our local GAA pitch and they used it to mark the pitch. <laughs> well done. See that's the kind of upcycling that's the exact thing that you should be doing uh, with it. And we're back to uh, Michal Martin no problem with the teacher travelling to the United States says this texture, providing that the travelling party is kept to a minimum. No hanger honours please. Ireland is very dependent on direct foreign investment and that will be the main driver of the economic recovery. Therefore, the leader of the country should meet with Joe Biden unless the United States determine otherwise too much party political garbage going on, especially when I heard Mary Lou Macdonald on your news. I have no political affiliations myself. System is broken and it has been for quite a long, long time. Uh, wouldn't Joe thank you for that with some, by, else by text wouldn't Joe Biden put us all out of our misery and ask Michal Martin not to travel that'd fix it Ronan from Rochestown says Michal Martin should definitely go to the States he's not going on a jolly by the way folks it's for the benefit of our country that he makes the most of this opportunity to meet the most powerful man in the world it's for all of our benefit that he goes there says uh, Ronan on Vicky Phelan uh, been asked to present the the Shamrock instead. Vicky Fielding has done enough for this country. How selfish of anyone to expect her to show up and act as a publicity stunt in Washington, the poor woman. And someone else says, let the Irish ambassador go to the White House on behalf of the government. He can have the bowl of Shamrock. It's all about business after all. It will give him something to uh, do. And someone else is pointing out DHL they deliver Shamrock. They can deliver it for him. And then John O'Brien was on. Thank you, John. To say hi, Patricia. I'm wondering, did you get any reply to the chat about the NCT Centre over the weekend? And remember, we had a listener join us. Was it John or who was it? We had a listener on anyway from uh, who was telling us that they had to go to get their NCT done on Sunday. And they went to Yall and there were six or seven people all left standing out in the howling wind and rain. It was a shocking, awful day on uh, Sunday. And uh, John was 25 minutes standing out in the rain waiting for his car, which then had insult to injury, failed on a minor. 
and he had to drive home soaked, soaked through to the skin and he was saying surely they need to come up with some system for shelter or cover for people who are waiting for their NCT. So we duly got on to NCT and they have replied and they say to mitigate against the spread of COVID-19 and to protect both customers and staff they're asking customers to adhere to the protocols which they've put in place to insist us in ensuring no transmission of the virus. One of the protocols they've implemented is social distancing at all of the NCT centres. This means that we have limited the number of people allowed into the customer waiting areas. So that came as a surprise to me. I thought no one was allowed into the waiting areas. But according to NCT, they're limiting the numbers. Anyway, back to the email. As some customers may have to wait outside on the day of the test, we are asking them to ensure they wear the correct clothing for the weather conditions of the day. However, if it's raining on the day, we are distributing disposable rain coverings to all customers who may have to wait outside. Now, I don't know. We'd have to check back in with John to see was he offered a disposable rain covering. I'm assuming one of those disposable, you know, the ponchos that the people wear when they go to festivals. I take it. Is it something like that? If it's disposable, it can't be an umbrella because they're not disposable. Anyway, in terms of alternative waiting options, says NCT, we're currently reviewing this to make the customer experience more comfortable. However, we're finding it difficult to find a suitable solution as most solutions we've looked into actually encourage social gatherings in restricted space as opposed to social distancing and therefore would be in breach of the COVID guidelines. We do try, they say, to ensure that the most vulnerable customers that present for testing are seated inside in the waiting area. However, this is not always possible and we apologise for this. During these unprecedented times, we're doing our utmost to protect the safety of our customers and we appreciate our customers' patience and understanding. And listen, we know they're doing it for all of the right uh, reasons, but when you get six or seven people standing out in the wind and the rain, that's not a nice uh, feeling and people getting absolutely uh, soaked through to uh, the skin. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, they say they're trying. I know they've probably looked at putting up some kind of an awning, but by doing that, they're having people gathering together and then they are completely defeating the purpose. But I am really interested to hear that the customer waiting areas is open and that people are al- allowed in there, but they're limiting the numbers because I was led to believe that you can't go in there at all. But according to this email, uh, you can. So let us know if you've been at an NCT centre, were you one of the ones that w- was allowed to wait inside? And also, I would be interested to hear from anyone. Did you get one of the disposable rain cover covers? But I'm glad to mention that to people in case you do go along for an NCT and it's raining and you haven't brought an umbrella with you and you haven't worn the suitable clothing that they're advising people to wear. Ask them for one of the disposable rain cover covers to try to keep you dry. Okay, Eileen is on uh, Bear Island. Um, good afternoon to you, Eileen. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. You heard me talk about Martin in West Cork talking about people who do well in lockdown and people who don't do well in lockdown. Yeah, and yeah. I remember in the early days, you were our Miss Positivity. You were plodding well, through I'm lockdown. <laughs> How are you getting on? This is the third, the third lockdown. It's grand. It's, it's, you know, you either choose to be miserable or choose to be happy. And I choose to be happy and and that's the way it is I'm sorry like but I know it's hard and it is and it's going to go on and you have to accept the fact that this is this is the way life is at the moment you know and there's nothing we can do about it only get on with it you know and I think you know if you you, um, I suppose I'm lucky I love music I love sport you know I love going out walking and I remember back in the first lockdown when we were regularly checking in with you the one important thing you had was was staying busy 
don't oh, yeah. yeah, don't sit and, and mope. Oh no, no, and there, there's so many things you can do, even your own personal care. Do you know what I mean? I said that time, you know, people were laughing at me, shave your legs. But there are things you can do and that you would do all the time before when you were going out and different things. But keep that up. Put on a bit of makeup. Don't yeah. use your moisturizer. Don't let you don't let things like that slide, you know. Have the hair do you know, the hair, wash and blow you dry. Put it yourself. Do yeah. do it. You know, put in a bit of colour. I put in my own colour and I blow dry my hair and I put on a bit of makeup and, and things like that. I go out walking, I take some photos when I go out walking. Great. And we have a thing here called Bear Three K Day and I put the photos I put the photos up on that and, and you know and if you if you are a, a little bit uh, poetic you know write a few lines about the photo or the photo you've taken mm. things like that yeah. and know, are you interacting uh, with other islanders? Well I interact oh god yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. in fact last night I went for a walk and all of myself went for a walk so we went for a walk together we walked about we must have walked nearly five and a half six miles wow. the you know, yeah, and when the weather, both, and look, and I mean, we're 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 both uh, into our seventies, but you know, we. And the um, weather will improve, and it's into spring, and, and summer and is around the corner. It's not a matter of don't keep saying, "Oh my God, how am I going to cope with this?" Oh my God, this. it is the way it is. Except this is it. We're in a pandemic. There's nothing we can do about it. The whole world is in a pandemic. It's not just us. It's not anything personal against the Irish. You know, it's um. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it, it is. is. And this is, too yeah. will pass. You know, another thing that can cheer you up, if you, but I don't, well, you can get your family to do it for you. You know, treat yourself to something nice. Uh, you know, uh, no underwear. You know? Yeah. You boost yourself, but it is. It yeah. Is a couple of new pairs of knickers and a brass. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it's the truth. It cheers you up. Things like that actually cheer you. Well, they cheer me up anyway. I don't know. Maybe other people might not be cheered so, up. So you bought new underwear recently, did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, things like that. They cheer you up. They do. They do. You're dead right. Listen. You're a, you're a joy as always. Listen, keep it up. Keep it up. You're too, you're too, and we because you're brilliant and, and, and um, I enjoy you every morning. I really do. So um, you keep it up as well. Thanks a million. For everyone. And really stay are. safe. That's what it's all about. That's it. That's it. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Okay, God bless. Look after yourself. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Sheena says, "Hi Trish, it's simple. The reason some people like lockdown and others hate it is because we who like lockdown love ourselves and we care about ourselves. We're not selfish. That's a very different thing. We live. You live for yourself. Treat yourself like another person would, and don't give a damn what the next fella is doing. Let him please himself. We are the type whose glass is always half." full. Stay positive, says uh, Sheila, and you sound just like uh, Sheila. You could be a sister of Eileen out on Bear Island. You've got that same positive mental attitude and that's what we need and you've got to and there are days and Eileen in Bear Island and she's told us that before there are days when you're when you feel down but you just have to sort of dust yourself down shake it off and do something to to boost up your uh, positivity Eddie said Eileen was a joy such so great to hear somebody with such a positive attitude she would lift your spirits and Annie in Charleville said she's so right she gave me a mighty lift and Eileen on Bear Island's advice to everyone is get out and buy some new knickers 1850 333 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic See corkcoco.ie And from Bear Island 
weekend, let's go to Beira West, the Family Resource Centre. They're running online courses through Zoom on wellbeing. It happens on Tuesday morning at 11am. All are free and they're facilitated by experienced support workers. They also have online sessions on mindfulness and self-care tips for mums. That's on Wednesday mornings. And then evening sessions on listening skills for parents and for carers. That's also on Wednesday. To register for any of these free courses, contact Natalie on 086-7806093. And that's on behalf of the Beira West Family Resource Centre. And a reminder that the priests of Mallow Parish are inviting people to participate in an holy hour of guided prayer with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. It happens every evening except Saturdays and comes from St Mary's Church in Mallow at half past seven. It can be viewed on the parish website, which is www.malloparish.ie. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. To celebrate our brand new breakfast show, we're giving away thousands of euro on C103. Whatever it takes. And we have some money to give away. We have €103. Euro. We're celebrating the brand new breakfast show. Ken played twice this morning. I'm playing now. We'll do it again this afternoon with Nick and again later in the afternoon with Martina. You uh, text or WhatsApp. We select somebody to join us on air. You answer three cork questions. And if you get them right, €103 Euro is yours. Baz Wiseman is in Bantry. Good afternoon to you, Baz. Uh, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm pretty good. And what's life like in Bantry? Well, it's very miserable here today and dark. <laughs> I, I think it's the same everywhere. Oh, aren't we, aren't we blessed? <laughs> well, I said earlier, Baz, it's a good excuse to stay in. We're all told to stay home. Well, we have much of a choice. Yeah, it is true. It is true. OK, we've got three questions for you. Are you ready to go? Yes. And shout out the answers as soon as you hear the question. Okay, where's my clock? There it is. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. The class ticket. Okay, what Cork town is Graham Norton from? Bandon. Mill Street, host of the Eurovision Song Contest, 1993 or 2003? 1993. Kissing what stone gives you the gift of the gab? Blarney. We have a winner. We have a winner. We have a winner. Well done, Baz. All Thank three you. answers correct. 103 euro. Uh, we'll get it. Uh, we'll get it off to you soon. Congratulations! And you're actually our first winner. Oh! So you'll go down in history. The first winner of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Congratulations to you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That is uh, Baz Wiseman from Bantry correctly answering our three questions. Now, it's as easy as that. €103 on its way to Bantry. Do you want a chance to win? Nick will play this afternoon. He's got another three questions, followed by Martina, who will do three questions later on. Your chance to win and celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show. Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. Listen on your phone, your smart speaker and your radio to win on C103. Cork today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
Joe Heffernan, a resident councillor, joining us on the programme. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you could have been in on the conversation we've been having for the last half an hour or so, and it was led off by Martin, one of our listeners in West Cork, who was trying to work out why some people cope with lockdown better than others. And he was suggesting that we could get people who find lockdown and who are finding the slower pace of life actually enjoyable. We could get them to share their tips so that people who are really struggling in lockdown you know, might be able to might be able to pick up from other people. And yeah. the one thing that's coming through because we had Eileen, the lovely Eileen, who regularly joins us from who lives out on Bear Island, very very rural area, and she is just from day one, from the very first lockdown, near now nearly a year ago. It's her positive frame of mind. It's getting up every day. It's keeping busy. It's finding things to do. She talks about looking after herself. You know, yeah. making sure her hair is nice, putting on a bit of lippy when she's heading out for her walk getting out for the walk, doing chores around the house, setting little goals for herself. And she has gotten through the whole year by doing that. And she contacted us today and she's as smiling and as positive uh, as everyone. And the number of other people are saying the same thing, that the people who do find lockdown well uh, are the ones who somehow manage to stay busy. Yeah, yeah. I think those of us who are lucky enough to have a bit of work um while it's happening is um a huge um uh you know uh blessing um because uh you know just like yourself now today you had to get up and kind of look up your um research and uh, head on in and on air at uh, 10 a.m. and uh you know likewise I was to be um you know, on the ball at, um, say, half past 12. And it, it puts a bit of meaning into it. Um, and and if that isn't there coming from external um, uh, sources, well, then we need to create our own. Like, uh, as you say, I mean, it doesn't have to be um, rocket science. Uh, a walk, um, um, uh, a hobby... Uh, and I've heard of so many people taking up hobbies. One yeah. that one that's really jumps to mind, John. I've seen a lot of people who've taking up knitting. Or this is for, for for the ladies and the men can knit, knit knit as well. But you could find a hobby, find something to do rather than sit there going, oh, "I've nothing to do. I've nowhere to go. I've no one to call. I'm you know I'm sick of watching TV." Find something. Yes, and what we call flow. In other words, if you are a hundred percent involved in something that you're doing, well then you're in a very good place, whether that's gardening whether it's counting your steps on a walk whether it's whatever, once you're 100% in it um, well then uh, you are in a good place Um, so I couldn't agree with you more, a hobby or to take up a new hobby um, would be a very good idea. Which kind of, in a way, leads us into what we were going to mention today. Yeah, now today... The, today yeah, the neurotransmitter oxytocin. Yeah, and this is to do with um, kindness. Yeah, that um, whatever about the other person getting a benefit from an act of kindness uh, by ourselves, we actually get an awful lot from it. Um, I suppose we'd all be pretty much able to bring to mind uh, 
somebody that we thought, we'll say, could do with a phone call. And we make the phone call. Afterwards, we feel so much better. And that's the oxytocin levels um, uh, uh, rising. Um, Now, um, oxytocin, it's a neurotransmitter and and a hormone produced in the brain. And it's a feel-good hormone, a feel-good bringer-honor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, so um apparently oxytocin is produced um uh you know by mothers at birth when babies are born, yeah, it's that it's facilitates that, the bonding. Yeah, it's yeah. that feeling that all mothers speak about at that moment when yeah. when they that wonderful wonderful feeling that is that yeah. is oxyto, oxytocin. Yeah. Um and and you can you can get it as a medicine. It's available as a medicine. Apparently, there, there, on the market, as they say, there is. Um, I think it's a nasal spray, where um, uh, tests have been done, um, uh, and and apparently there have been uh, positive responses in areas like uh, OCD and eating disorders. Now, I have absolutely no. Um, Knowledge uh, of it, or you've, you've you've never used it. So what we're talking yeah. about more is how how you produce it naturally in the body, and exactly. and one of the ones is is this. Now I know hugging is there, but obviously we're, we're not hugging at the moment. But there's other ways you can connect with people. Well, you see, the other side of that, like, is that I mean, a couple living together can have a hug. Um. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. Um. The 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 there's the. Uh, that would be completely, and I, I stress, like I'd be, I'd be, uh, almost a bit fanatical about um, about obeying all the um, uh, the stay safe um, uh, suggestions. Um, absolutely. In fact, um, uh, I, I hardly get out at all at all now, except when I go for a walk and uh, being. Um, lucky enough to live out in rural Ireland, um, I can go for a walk and I can go for a good walk and I won't meet, meet anybody. anyone. Yeah, and that's one of the things that Eileen out on Bear Island with her positivity was talking about as well. Yeah. But it's this yeah. keeping busy thing as well. Anne in Ballon Temple says, uh, Eileen from Bear Island has the right attitude. You can be miserable or you can be happy. It's your decision. I've taken to doing the family tree, something I started 40 years ago, never got around to finishing. I'm working on it now. And I dance around my kitchen every day. Your own John Paul had a lovely programme the last two Sundays. Music mm. is great for the mind. And so is walking. Eileen out on Bear Island. Sounds like a lovely, jolly lady. Uh, thanking you, says Anne. And then another listener sends on a gorgeous picture of something that she's upcycling, a piece of furniture, which ties in with something we spoke about earlier on the programme. I couldn't wait to get up today, said uh, this listener, because of the work I'm doing on upstyling this uh, unit. It's been in the attic for years. It was pine to start with. I sanded it down, started painting it. Now I need to, uh, uh, once the dinner is done, I'll be adding the new knobs for the drawers and I'm aiming for a Friday finish while listening to C103 I had no time to do this before lockdown so you can find that's the one thing lockdown can do you can turn it into a positive you can of course and I mean one of the sources well recognised for an increase in our feel good um, hormone oxytocin 
is music. Um, listening to music that you like um, boosts oxytocin levels. So there you are. You see, um, although um, we wouldn't all be... Um, uh, I, uh, I, I went to a workshop by Dr. David Hamilton, the author of a book called um, Why Kindness is Good for You, and uh, I learned about oxytocin. But if we never heard about oxytocin, we certainly know when we feel good, when we feel a bit better. And music can do that. And um, uh, even though that we can't uh, enjoy a lot of live music at the moment, in fact, we'd have a few tickets that are on hold um, for shows that we had booked. Um, uh, they'll, they'll come around again. But in the meantime, uh, you know... Um, I believe I'm being a bit old-fashioned now when I mention CDs. Uh, the house is absolutely full of them, but... Um, uh, Nothing was, wrong with using your CDs? Huh? Nothing wrong with using your CDs? Not a bit, not a bit, but I was a bit disappointed recently when somebody told me that um, uh, buying a new car now, they don't have a CD player, which to <laughs> me is a bit of a downer, but we'll get over it. Um, yes, yeah, so listening to music... Um, um, a nice film, um, not exactly um, gore and murder, but, um, you know, maybe a nice uh, family-type film that, um, you know, that, that, that has feel-good factors in it. I suppose that hits the nail in the head there, that word or phrase, feel-good factors. That anything that has those feel-good factors um, will definitely uh, help... Uh, to uh, increase our oxytocin levels, and 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 we'll feel a bit better. Um, little bits of affection. Again, now I'm talking about couples who are living together. Obviously, we are not going out uh, meeting friends and having a hug. Unfortunately, uh, that has to be postponed for the time being. But in our own homes. A hug, um, you know, sitting down together and enjoying um, a, a film. Uh, lots of people at the moment, as you know um, well, Patricia, um, are involved with WhatsApp groups and um, family Zoom quizzes and all that. Now, I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not into all that. I don't have great broadband anyway. Um, but lots of people do it and it's a way of staying connected uh, Anthony says the feel good song and story on Martina's drive time show every day I look forward to the song and the story every evening there's a small little simple one but it's something that that he gets a feel good factor from yes yes indeed and John Paul and Michael Dennehy recently we're, we're going to bring out um, a CD which we which apart from Covid would be out long ago uh, to help with the air ambulance fundraising. And um, one of the songs on it, an ABBA song, I Have a Dream, mm-hmm. um, would be, you know, um, I hope, uh, feel good, positive, um, hopeful. Um, and uh, they played that um, uh, last Sunday and uh, last Saturday week. And, um, you know, the whole idea of that was uh, to create a little bit of a lift. I mean, you know... Uh, the words would suggest um, positivity and and hope uh, that um, we can face the future. 
um, and indeed we can. So all of those little things help. So yeah, it's whatever works for you, but it's yeah. just to try to stay into that positive frame of mind. That's that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right, listen, you stay positive, which you always are. You're always a, a joy to chat to. We'll talk to you again next uh, Tuesday. In the meantime, stay safe, Joe, and thanks for joining us. Thank you indeed. Good Appreciate afternoon to you. Bye-bye. Joe Heffernan runs a counselling practice in Bohabui. His number is 029-76617. There are a couple of texts in about the NCT. Uh, Jim in Mitchestown says, Patricia, I got my car NCT'd recently in care uh, NCT centre and it was the same. Everyone had to wait outside in the pouring rain just like what John and y'all uh, when he went to the to the centre and y'all spoke about. But in fairness to the staff, They did hand out free disposable ponchos to everyone. And also, when I got the confirmation email, it clearly stated that there's a possibility that you'll have to wait outside, depending on the size of the centre, and therefore dress appropriately for the weather. So people have no excuse. I had brought my umbrella and my raincoat with me and just got on with it, says Jim from Mitchestown. So it wasn't that you turn up at an NCT centre to be, and only then to find out that there's nowhere for you to go in and sit down. Mary said, listening to your comments ongoing for the NCT, and getting drenched while queuing. Why not have the NCT company install an intercom that they could broadcast out into the car park? That way we could wait in the car until we are called and then they would only have the correct number of people in the waiting room, says uh, Mary. She's got a solution that she feels she could uh, work. And someone else says everyone should stay in their car until they're called for the uh, test. Why are people not doing that? Esther says, uh, tell Joe I haven't seen my new granddaughter and she's a month old and I'm also missing my daughter as I don't live in Cork. I've been sending love in a box every week via on post and it has saved me. I get a great kick out of sending little things and my daughter loves the parcels arriving and she gets such a lift. That is from Esther. Oh Esther, that is heartbreaking and there's so many people in in the same the same boat but this, this time will pass and you'll get to cuddle and be around your gorgeous beautiful little granddaughter and your and your own daughter as well but I love the idea of you sending a box uh, a box of love every week in the post it really is gorgeous actually I popped some of those postcards in the post this morning you know the free ones from on post I don't know if people have started receiving those yet we got a couple here into the radio station so I popped them in the post this morning and great fun because I got Marcia to decorate one of them yesterday with stickers so there was great excitement at home while she was doing that as well and it's gone in the post to her nana in uh, Tipperary but uh, just keep a, keep a look out for those the post men and women are dropping those around to, pay, around to places and you can put them in the post anywhere in Ireland for free stay in contact that's the important thing and John was back to us John was the gentleman who spoke to us about going to Yall to the NCT and getting absolutely soaked he said just in reply to the NCT's reply to the query about our John getting soaked uh, no one was allowed into the waiting room on the day that John was there which was last uh, Sunday and he said there was no offer of a free poncho either says John even though we've heard from others it must depend on the NCT centre if you do go and you are forced to wait in the rain they do have these free ponchos which we've heard others uh, received them when they went there on a wet day and Dan says Patricia just to let other people know and I'm not aware of this Customers of Irish banks, uh, you're not able to get a new checkbook. Why? 
checkbooks are printed in in Great Britain and because of Brexit they've been affected not aware of that anyone having problems trying to get a checkbook we'll see if we can pick up on that further okay that's where I've got to leave you for today thanks to John Paul Nick is with you for the afternoon and we are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 on to the Lamp Patricia message you very good afternoon Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.